Hi, this is Joe Ingram, and I'm the host of the Sales Genius Podcast, where we deep dive into what works and what doesn't in the realm of sales. I have personally spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers, and I'm here to provide you with the cheat sheet to making more deals for more money and ultimately becoming more happy. My mission is simple. I want to help you sell one more deal today and every day going forward. My approach is going to be unique because I believe that the only thing you need to do as a salesperson is provide your prospect with a logical reason to justify their emotional decision. Now, let's go ahead and dig a little deeper into the mind of a sales genius with today's podcast. say that um, you know Joe has has done this for many many years in the area of sales for a lot of different corporations and a lot of different industries he's done a lot with the automotive industry but he has done a lot with a lot of different industries when he's talking to you what I want you to do is I really want you to think about how can you take what he says apply it to your business your industry and your your style not a perfect person don't pretend to be a perfect person if you're not you know uh andy frisella don't be andy frisella be fucking joe it's dave Meltzer for some q a for the day hi joe good to see you you guys ever go buy a car and you don't know how to not get screwed at a car dealer ask joe the bdc genius ingram and that's my bread and butter where i come from but like i love like i always like i love like what joe does sell techniques if you're in the auto industry i'll definitely contact him but he's a great guy he knows all the tricks and the traits in the auto industry business so hit him up find out what you want to do um my buddy glenn said he can jump on and talk for the next 10 minutes for those that want to hang around and listen to Glenn, you're more than welcome to do this because I will be here. But I do want to let Kimberly get back to her day if she chooses to, or you more than welcome to stay on. And, no, I want to hear what Glenn has to say too. I like to learn. Well, you're stuff both too. in Texas, so I'm worried it's going to end up being, hey, you know what? We're out here and now you got beat best friends and you guys have to text me from the restaurant. Wait, you don't get to caught go my to- attention. We're in Texas. I'm, I'm <laughs> in the Dallas area. We're both. Oh, I'm in Dallas. I'm right outside of. I'm on the, uh, okay, so Glenn's in Dallas, and so is Kimberly. So. We should meet. I, I'm craving human interaction. Like I've never craved it before in my life. Sorry to interrupt. Are Dallas, Dallas, or what part? I'm in South Lake. You're in South Lake. Okay, I grew up in Bedford, but yeah, I live right outside downtown right now. Yeah, I grew up in Arlington. Awesome. Good so, to meet Mr. you, Mr. Morshower. Hey, Joe. How are you, buddy? So well that it's genuinely unfair to others. I got to be honest with you. It's um, things are good. You know, I had a lengthy rainy day nap today and uh, absolutely nowhere to be. Wednesdays are 
set up as my recovery day because I teach so uh, many hours on Monday and Tuesdays. I teach 13 hours each day. So I'm in front of my computer from 1130 in the morning until uh, midnight. And then I wash, rinse, and repeat. And, uh, and it's very fulfilling. And it's certainly a great truth that I don't have to, I get to. And it's a privilege. Uh, my approach is quite different from Kimberly's, and yet it piggybacks quite nicely. Um, I'm, I'm not in car sales, but man, am I ever in sales. And we sell us. We are the product. And I've been selling what it is I do for 50 years. I've been selling it in front of the camera for 45 years. My first paycheck came when I was 15 years old for this, and I'm 61. And these are things you know. So um, I wanted to kind of speed along and just offer you a couple of thoughts. And that is the successful approach to nonlinear thinking. And I have seen so many people ABC their way through life. That is not me. And there is nothing wrong with ABCing your way to life. That's just what has worked for them. And in Texas, we have a saying, and the saying is whatever blows your skirt up. Now, I left. I left Texas when I was 18 years old uh, to move to California. And you've heard me say this, Joe, so this is not new to you, but it's also not a stage bit. And, uh, you know, I educate large Fortune 500 companies on a way of being. And what's, what's peculiar to me, but it's wonderful, and it's wonderful, is that when I started coaching at age 25, I was coaching um, on audition mastery. That was my program, and it was exclusive to actors. That was it. And it came as a result of a prompting from my agent who, based on my batting average, said, Glenn, your numbers are uncanny, and I'm not being self-congratulatory. I want to offer you a way of being today that works, period. My thought was that I had happened upon something that worked really well in my life and in the life of actors. I never at that time had considered the universality of it. And it uh, turns out it's quite translatable. So that this way of being works no matter what your field of endeavor is. It is a way of being that creates magnetism and magnetism creates favorable results. All of it tracing down to being unified within you so that we get rid of the war of self. When I was 18 years old, I read a book that changed my life because of one sentence. And the sentence said, I am now no longer disposed to be in conflict with myself. And I thought, wow, how beautiful that was. And even at 18, I grasped the meaning of that. But I want to consolidate and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm be here. I'm here to be of service, Joe, whatever, whatever that looks like. I'm not here to run my mouth. I am here to share things that I know for a fact work, and they are well beyond theory. But when I moved to uh, LA when I was 18, and I'm going to go back now and give you an example of something that when I'm speaking to auditoriums full of only actors, nobody else, I'm speaking to anywhere from 200 to 400 actors in cities all around the United States who have come to my training about how do you build a career, a successful career in film and television. And I asked one night, specifically, I was in Los Angeles and asked this auditorium full of about 250 people, how many of you are here in Los Angeles 
to pursue your acting career, raise your hands. And I'm going to ask all of you here, what percentage of the audience do you think raise their hands? Now, keep in mind, these are all actors. They're not directors. They're not producers. Nobody is here training with me in sales on this particular evening. What percentage of hands said that they were there to pursue an acting career in Los Angeles? Probably about 80%. It was actually 100%. It's not a trick question. It was 100%. Everyone in that room raised their hand and said, yes, I am here to pursue a career in show business, in acting. And I said, so I'm going to start the evening by offering you one of my biggest takeaways. I'm going to open with a biggie, which is that I'm convinced the primary reason things have gone as well as they have for me is that when I was 18, I did not move to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. I moved there to have one. And I really want you to hear the difference. Pursuit is a word people use when they expect that there's a really good chance they won't catch something. So they're afraid to use more powerful language, such as have or claim. And I'm going to prove it. So I'm not going to just say something randomly without backing it up. How many of you have ever in the history of your lives called someone and asked them if they'd like to pursue dinner with you? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I know what the never. answer is. The answer is zero. Never. You've yeah. never yeah. said, hey, I was just wondering if you'd like to pursue dinner on Friday. No, <laughs> but the language you chose to use is, would you like to have dinner? So there was a built-in confidence that pre-existed the outcome. Are you with me? So that's why you languaged it differently. So if you use the technique of living life from the end, you go to the end in mind and decide that the end is entirely haveable. It is primarily, however, haveable for those who esteem it to be haveable. And until you reach that level of esteem for the thing that you are after, its haveability, it remains in question. And it can elude you for the distance of your life. And you can have liver spots before you have it, wrinkles before you have it, and death before you have it. It all comes down to perceived haveability. And are you willing to do what it takes, always working backward from the end in mind? What is it you're after? My experience has taught me that in every field of endeavor, without exception, people primarily are responding to energy. This is not a memorized talk. I have no idea what I'm going to say next. That is another attractive trait to people. People don't want to listen to canned shit right? Be in the moment, be present with people, be the energy that allows them to have a, this moment, wherever this moment is, whatever we're in the middle of, you are facilitating a moment of extreme joy for them. In other words, they enjoy being them around you. So I have heard this as a great description uh, with regard to love and relationships that at the end of the day, what people are really experiencing when they say they're in love, what it really means if you translate it and sort of dolly back, there's a film and television term, dolly back to the broad view. 
that in the broad view, when someone says they're in love, what they're really saying is they're in love with themselves. And let me clarify before this starts sounding like a narcissistic discussion. They're in love with how it is they feel about residing in their uniquely assigned skin when they are in your midst. Does this make sense? I'll look for nodding heads. Does this make sense? That people, people choose people in their lives, not just based on how that other person feels, but rather how they feel when they're near you. This is why people adore Joe. People adore Joe because Joe's fun to be around, which means I'm going to have a good time. This is Selfishness 101. Yep. But it really is. Did someone say something? Edna, did you say something? I think it's nothing wrong with narcissism, but probably has a negative connotation. Well, who said there was something wrong with it? I certainly didn't. In fact, no, no, no. I, I do a coaching session on how the beauty of narcissism. Oh, that's lovely. So I let me it. let me clarify. I don't have a, con a negative connotation about it at all. I think anyone who is successful in any endeavor has a healthy dosage of narcissism. I'd love for you to note the word, though. The word is healthy. Yes. A healthy dosage. Unhealthy narcissism, well, let me clarify the two, and no, I did not get this from a seminar or a book. This is what life done whispered to me, okay? Awesome. And so much of my coaching is about listening to the whisper and responding. So true textbook narcissism is when someone thinks that their poop exists without aroma, mm -hmm. okay? It also is the belief that we are above others, that you are above others. Here is what's, what healthy narcissism does. Healthy narcissism understands that you are an event. I would love for you. You know what? I'm not invested. I'm going to take that back. I wouldn't love for you. I don't care what you do. But if you would like to, this would be a great time to write down uh, uh, event, the word event. But when I started to say, uh, I would love for you to, it occurs to me that I'm, that's not true because that's how I used to feel. I don't feel that way anymore because I feel like life is for the taker, as in take what's available and do what you want with it. So you are going to be the beneficiary of the choices you make. I'm not. I will be the beneficiary of the choices that I make. So uh, I know that you can push a wheelbarrow of goodness into someone's front lawn goodness, answers, prosperity, everything. And there are many people, there is a prototype that I will add is not in small numbers. There is a prototype out there. If you put a wheelbarrow full of answers, it will never ever be delved into. And you can push it right into someone's front yard. And this explains why so many uh, personal development weekends People rush back to the back of the table to buy product. And one year to the date later, you guys know this stat that between 75 and 80% of that product is still stuck in its shrink wrap. It's shelf help instead of self help. <laughs> right. I, and I love that expression, Joe. I got that expression shelf from you. I love it. <laughs> so, so there's, there is this frenzy, this buying frenzy to get what they believe will help, but they're not going to actually do anything with it. Yes. As though buying it and having it near you 
is what's going to be the game-changing deal maker, which is an absurd mm. concept. Well, all I know is if it's on the shelf, it's at least near me, right? Mm. Well, everything <laughs> is near us. Everything is as near us as we decide. But um, so let me go back to this word event, if you wrote it down. And here's what I would love for you to consider today. The vast majority of the problems you're experiencing in business, your personal life, it goes on and on. I don't need to go on and name all these different possibilities or areas, but I will promise you that they will all trace back. I said the vast majority. So the vast majority will trace back to your, to your failure to remember that you are an event. Because if you really grasp that you are an event, you'll behave like one. Yes. It comes down to self-esteem. Now, Here's the difference between healthy narcissism and unhealthy narcissism. Unhealthy narcissism says, I'm an event and you're not. <sighs> That's the distinction. Healthy narcissism says, I'm an event and so are you, Christy. And so are you, Edward. And so are you, Stacy. And so are you, Kimberly. So are you, Timmy. So are you, Tyler. So are you, Colonel James Ramirez. So are you, Brian. So are you, Dina. God, my eyes work at 61. I love it. So are you, Johnny. So are you, Frank. So are you, Karen. So are you, Edna. So are you, Shelby. So are you, Jason. So are you, Mike. So are you, iPhone. We'll call iPhone Nicole. 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 And so are you, Joe. And so are you, Christy. And I think I covered everybody. That's not for show. That's the truth. You are a beautiful, unrepeatable event. My description for humankind is as follows. A collection of massively beautiful, unrepeatable events in time behaving as if they're not. It's and lovely. when you really stop and grasp that you outswam 500 million competitors to get here in the first place. You think selling a car is tough. <laughs> you started by defeating math that you will never be faced with again in your life. How about this? Throughout the entire journey, every challenge you face, be it in sales, personal relationship challenges, financial challenges, every challenge you face put end on end, all butted together, will not even come close to the math that you started this dance by defying. Dwell on that a lot. I can't say this enough. We taught this to our children. At least think about it once a day. Just think about it. Think about the fact that you don't have to learn diddly squat about winning. You're not here to learn to win. You're here to remember that winning is a pre-existing condition with you. That's your nature. The minute you tap into your nature, you frigging become unstoppable and knowing it is everything. When you tap into your nature, you can really have anything your soul desires because you're honoring your soul. You're honoring it. And I will promise you, people want to be near it because it is such a rare level of devotion and dedication.
And I have a saying that I live by that was whispered to me gently not long ago. And I have really, really, really made it uh, my everything, which is that we go from, how can I word this in a simplistic way? Um, I don't think it's about medication. I think it's about dedication. And it's interesting when you're really, really way up there in the dedication department, you're not needing medication. I really believe that to be true. The more dedicated, the less medicated. How dedicated are you to the fullest expression of your life, the fullest expression of everything you were designed to be? And that when you honor that, and it does, it's, it's a commitment. It's a discipline, right? Garbage in, garbage out. I've heard Joe say that. It's true. Half-assed commitment, half-assed results. And here's the absurd thing about the human species is that we put crap into the oven and then pray for a different outcome. That's insane. Imagine putting brownies into an actual oven and then sitting and even praying, not just hoping, wishing, and wanting, three very weak words, by the way, but leaving hoping, wishing, and wanting and actually moving into praying. And now you're praying to God for a chicken fried steak outcome. Hmm. Now I'm hungry. You put brownies in the oven. Brownies are what are coming out of the oven. And I actually can hear God going, hello, <laughs> is this on? Get the brownies out of the oven if you want chicken fried steak. Put chicken fried steak in there, and that will be your outcome. Hello, McFly. Hello, I can really hear that. Right? Life follows recipes. Life follows recipes. I want to say that again. So go to the intended outcome. It always is about going to the intended outcome. And then from there, use your imagination. It's one of our greatest, most unutilized gifts. And look at your imagination and rewind from the intended future back to this moment and look at what you have placed in the oven and ask yourself, does this bake that outcome? And if it doesn't, you're not going to achieve that outcome. It's highly formulaic. Life responds to recipes. So Thank if you're you. sitting here thinking you can throw anything into the oven and then hope, wish, and want your way to greatness, doesn't work that way. Guarantee you, you will live your life frowning about results evading you. Um, Joe, I'm happy to answer a couple of questions. That was the shortest talk I've ever done. He is not lying. He is not lying on that. I know. I've done I've done the three hour zooms with Glenn. We we rock. We go back and forth. Does anybody specifically have a question for Glenn besides the fact that Glenn you can see every week on is it Sunday? Right? It's Sunday. What are you referring to? Our Glenn. series? Yeah, Ken and Glenn and the guy. Named oh yeah, yeah. I do. Sunday. I do a talk show with Ken Walls on Sunday evenings. But I have a. Uh, it's called the Ken and Glenn Show with a guy named Scott. That's online. That's on, that's uh, on but we do a television series called The Resident, which is on Fox Television on Tuesday evenings, and we are in our hiatus period right now, which is being extended courtesy of the virus. 
Uh, but that's, you know, so that everyone stays safe because we'd like to all live to do a fourth season. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Fox television has been phenomenal for me uh, because that's where we did seven years of the series 24. And that was life-changing for me, frankly. And it has opened every door. In summation, before I take a couple of, of questions, I think everything in life comes down to energy, good choices, and good choices produce good outcomes, and good outcomes feel good, and feeling good produces healthy self-esteem. And healthy self-esteem is magnetic, and once you become a magnet, you become unstoppable awesome. in any field of endeavor. And I thought I was merely an acting coach. And it turns out I was an energy coach and somebody spotted it. And it was a good old boy in Houston. And this was about 20 years ago. And he sounded just like this. And I don't sound like this, but most everybody in my family does, including my mother. Only her voice is a little deeper than this. <laughs> and this guy walks up to me after a presentation in Houston and he says, Hey, Glenn, and I always joke when it takes a Texan two syllables to say a one syllable name. He says, Hey, Glenn, my granddaughter told me that if I was anywhere near Houston on the night that you were going to speak, I need to, I need to come hear you. And as you can see, I've done that. I said, yes, sir. It appears you have. And he said, I got to tell you, man, on the way over here, I didn't see the point of it because I'm not an actor, but you weren't up there on that stage talking about acting at all, son. You were talking about life. You were talking about love. You were talking about beauty. You were talking about celebration and loyalty and devotion and alignment and power and flow and ease. You were talking about visualizations. And my brother, I'm just wondering if you might want to come speak to my people at Exxon. He reached into his jacket and gave me his business card. And I said, you want me to do this program for your folks at Exxon? He said, I do. And I said, well, the answer is yes, because I'm a big yes person. Love to say the word yes. So I'll do that. Uh, how would you like me to tailor it to fit your company? And he goes, Taylor, I don't want you to change anything. I want you to do, I'll never forget. He said, I want you to do what you did on that stage tonight. And brother, they're going to scoop your butt up like good ice cream. And he changed my life because had I not met him that night, I wouldn't have recognized the universality to the message. And he is the guy responsible for sending me into the corporate training world. Otherwise I would have just been acting and teaching acting and audition mastery. So I'm grateful thankful to the heavens for facilitating that guy's appearance in my life. And I think it all comes down to not only energy, but gratitude, be in gratitude, whether you be a person of faith or not, this isn't even a religious concept. I happen to be a person of faith, but gratitude is imperative. Whether you're a person of faith or completely agnostic or atheist doesn't matter. You still need to be thankful for things. You're just directing your thanks to a different place. If you don't believe in God, great. Thank the sun. You don't believe in the sun. Thank Kimberly for being a coach today. Thank Joe for facilitating a meeting, you know, thank your toes. I'm not joking. When I say this, by the way, I really want you to get this. How many of you have ever thanked your toes? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Start thanking your toes. Thank every aspect of your body. You want to really rock your life. You want to feel completely different where you will never need any kind of drug again. 
take one hour, one hour, come on, that's less than the running time of a movie, and tour through your body, thanking every single aspect of it individually. Meaning not just, hey, thanks, body. That's so generic. And it's so in keeping with what our world has become nowadays, which is everything's just really, really got to be quick. Why bother? I don't want to get involved. It takes too much time. Everything seems to take too much time. But if you're willing to spend the time, I want to cite the difference between if a CEO were to walk in and make an annual appearance in your life for the company you work for, and that CEO walks in once a year only, and for 30 seconds, or maybe even less, maybe 15 seconds says, hey guys, listen, just want to thank all of you. It was a tremendous year in our business. We've shown increased growth and we are better off than we have ever been. Thank you and happy holidays. And they're out of there. Now that's nice, but does it even compare if I walk over and put my arm around you, Joe, as the CEO, and I say, Joe, I just want to tell you, you are an extraordinary gift to this company. And we are better off because you're here. Thank you for your service, brother. And happy holidays. Those two scenarios do not compare. And I believe the human body responds the exact same way. It's not even similar. Take time to acknowledge your kidneys and thank them for their service. Take time to acknowledge your left scapula and thank it for your service. You will be one of a very small percentage of humans that ever thank each part of their body before it goes into a box. Make sure it's appreciated. Thank your Adam's apple. Thank your brain. Thank your left eyelid. And again, I can't say this enough. This is not a joke. You want to rock your life. You've got to do it in a way that is different from the masses. Because if you're using the same techniques that the rest of the world uses, you're going to get the same result. Be extraordinary in your thinking, and you will design an extraordinary life. There is no other way to obtain an extraordinary life than to remember your original extraordinariness from the get-go. And then listen to your whispers and act on their wisdom. Wisdom. I've got a couple of minutes for questions, and we'll call it good, Joe. Fantastic. Anybody have questions for Glenn directly? I'd like to know if Glenn knows about Quantopia, because it sounds like he is right up Quantopia's alley, and he needs an invite. Joe, have you done that for him? No. So you're cutting in out, Stacy. the way he goes. So, Glenn, there's a gentleman out there by the name of Charlie. He goes by Charlie Rocket. Is Charlie on the? Charlie's not on this call. No, you mean just out in the world? Call. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, Charlie is starting this little revolution of people in a in a committee a community called Quantopia, which is all about the right energy, putting out the right stuff into the world that's out there. And so he's manifesting things in his life, and he's encouraging everybody to do it. So like to the point where. When I, when I signed into it, it said, Joe, what is your goals? What is your dream? What's your ultimate dream? Right. And so I typed it out, put it in there. And then like probably a month later, I get, he has this giant manifestation book that he puts together right, sure. for, for everything. And he had handwritten out my goal with my name 
in this document and put it out there. But he's been on like Ed Milet's podcast and Andy Purcell and all these people. But he started a private community so nobody can grab the data on the users kind gotcha. of deal. And that's what he put together. But it's invite only on that one. And she's just simply saying, uh, Stacy was saying, the way you talk, the way Charlie talks, you guys are vibing in the same. Yeah, it sounded area. like she was saying we're members of the same tribe. That's exactly correct. Yeah, and I, and I get it. Uh, my, I will just tell you that mine is the school of common sense. It's not based on a book I ever read. I've just been on the earth long enough to figure out that um, that when we work within the system of things and really esteem it to be magnificent instead of walking around bitching all the time about how the awfulness of things. When we, and I, I think the answer is just to look up into the sky at night in a star-filled night and remember who it is you are. Right. Just look into the sky and remember we are part of a magnificent system and that is a privilege. And then what happens is it affects every aspect of your beingness. Everywhere you go, you're still affected by the Starfield night vision and, and everything gets better. Your relationships get better. Your health gets better. Your income gets better. I mean, it's because you're aligning instead of opposing. Right. Anyone else? I have a comment, Glenn. Sure. And actually, so this Hi, is Christy. Hi, how are you? Christy's one of the few people I know on here. Oxford, actually, I know Karen as well. Yes, darling. And so I just want to go back to when you started speaking of it's the feeling somebody has. When they're in your midst. When they're in your midst, right? Yes. And so yes. I really wanted to tie together what Kimberly's been talking about is she's been teaching people to create a feeling, get into somebody Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I missed most of Kimberly's talk. I got here so toward the very exactly end. That's what Kimberly's been speaking, and then you just brought in the energy piece to it. Great. And so I just thought that's it was true. a wonderful combination that I wanted to point out that that's exactly what Kimberly's teaching is how to create a feeling with somebody so that they want to be around you. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the car selling world, I would think the direct parallel between that and acting is that it's not just selling them a car. It's selling them not only an experience or a car, it's about selling them that car and all of the future cars they buy because they want to buy them from you. Right. Because I got to tell you, an acting an acting job does not give you a career. I have a saying, which is that hires don't build careers. Rehires do. Mm -hmm. So when we do a series, the question becomes, would they hire you for their next series? Or if you do a guest star role, which is a one and done, if you do a guest star role, would they prefer that it would have been a series? And they're going, damn, he died in that. And we really could have used that. And now you are locked in mind that on their next series, they're not going to kill you. And you're not going to be a guest star. You're going to be a series regular based on how they felt in your midst. Yeah, exactly. It goes back to that feeling. Yep. Anyone that's else? Like, that's what you created on 24. I Thank have you. a question. Yeah. I have a question. Um, Edna is your new best friend, Glenn, because she's in your <laughs> tribe all day long. Yes, based, on, based on the reactions that everything's going through. That's why I was saying Sunday nights on Facebook. If you look up Glenn, you, he's on there live every week uh, huh? doing a show. So that'll we be now make listen. no mistake about it, though. We don't get to get that deep into this kind of thing no, because no. I'm sharing energy with two other gentlemen and they are different people. Um, this is what happens when I get a chance to speak my truth. And, and I don't have to worry about anyone. Uh, it, so yes, Edna, tell me. Yes, actually it captivates my attention that you mentioned 
not long ago you received some kind of whispered message. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes, but it wasn't a reference in not long ago. It's my entire life. Mm. My entire life has been devoted to following my whispers, not that's merely hearing them, but obeying them. Yes, that's beautiful. It totally, I don't know, kind of um, aligns to my kind of sync to my my feeling. Um, it's beautiful. I'm in Seattle, by the way, so it's kind of dark here. <laughs> but um, yes, are you in Texas? Yes. I really love your message. Hmm. Thank you. It's not even mine. Thank you. But it's, it's, I'm just kind of a relay station, you know, stuff wants to move and it has selected me because I uh, declared my candidacy, my candidacy to be uh, a vessel. And I think that that's really what it comes down to is I think that life is always scanning for its most devoted volunteers. I, I think it's always scanning and watching who is declaring their candidacy to be a vessel of massive activity. And yes. when we decide that we are devoted to massive activity moving through us. And I would think people would be more motivated just by the brevity of life. I really would. I would think that the brevity of life would motivate most people's butts to greatness. I'm Absolutely. surprised that it doesn't. But when we, de when we declare our candidacy for it, we are filled with a mighty flow. And, um, and that, that I think it, the word here, I think, is surrender. Just how mm -hmm. surrendered are we to energy that wishes to express itself? Because it's on the lookout. It's always on the lookout. This is just an internal knowingness, right? This is my, this is my belief about the way energy moves. And, and so many people, I don't want to give you a percentage, but so many people are living mindlessly and you can't really work with that. Mm -hmm. So what energy does is it bypasses those people and says, I'm not angry with you. I'm not judging you. I'm now being the voice of energy. Okay. I'm not angry with you. I'm not judging you, but what I'm not going to do is be disrespected by you and have you improperly handle me. Mm -hmm. So here's what I am going to do. I'm going to hang out on your porch and let you know that I'm here when you're ready. That's it. Mm -hmm. I'll be here when you're ready, but I don't think it wastes time. I mean, how much time would you try to spend using wood as a conductor? Nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you would spend no time because wood doesn't conduct. Right. You would look for wire. Right. You would Water. look for a conductor. Water is a conductor, obviously. Mm -hmm. So energy goes and electricity is seeking a conductor. Well, life is certainly electric. Yes. Among the many things it is, it's electric and electric things are looking for conductors. Mm -hmm. And so I ask my students all the time, does your life look like some something that is conducting energy? Does it look like that? What about your life says that you're a conductor? Would I be able to look at your life and determine that there is a conductor standing in front of me? Or would you be a block of wood that is wondering why electricity won't move through? <laughs> That's not a judgment. It's just what I see. I, I do hate to interrupt. Let's you. go, Joe. Well, I have a, I have a four o'clock zoom. I got to jump. Let's go. And so I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thanks everybody for coming in. Kimberly, thank you so much for everything you shared with us tonight. And uh, I appreciate you all.
You bet. You guys have a blessed Timmy, afternoon, man. Timmy, Timmy's waving at you. Hold on, Greg. This, this is more than when, so like, th this is more than the difference of people feeling like they've been in a 10 year slump and it's me going, hey, that slump you think you're in is completely inverted. You are now on the mountaintop. You are like, you are everything you've ever wanted, <laughs> possibly all that stuff. Um, I help people develop the relationships with their imagination. So it's good to know that this is re received well on all ends. And um, going back to the thank you thing, we have 500,000 million cells in our bodies. And when we thank ourselves, like the molecular structure of water, when it's thanked, it's like completely immaculately designed. They've looked at it frozen under microscope. So it's just like- So you know Dr. Emoto's experiments. Oh obviously. yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like, yo, this is, this is wow. This everything on here, thank you a million times over. Thank you enough. It's much, much, much appreciated. You're changing lives. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate you all. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you Bye. so much. Thanks for choosing to spend your time with us here at the Sales Genius Podcast. If your company is looking to increase sales or is having an event that would benefit from one of the Sales Genius team members attending, please look us up on the web at salesgenius.live, salesgenius.live. Don't forget to like this episode, subscribe to the channel, and share it out to the world. Until next time, remember more deals, more money, more happy. Now go out there and close a deal.